Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back with a feedback episode for Key, Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, Aaron, how's that feedback looking? Uh, it looks healthier than Shauna's baby. Okay. Which is a low bar. Yeah. And a low blow yeah. uh, that I just delivered in this podcast. Uh, let's get right to it. I <laughs> I'm running out of entertaining ways to say we have feedback. Yeah. Uh, Jessica. Jessica says, you guys were questioning what other team Akila was on. It was the junior varsity squad. When Ty broke Allie's leg in the first episode, someone had to take her spot. Akila was the unlucky one to be moved up from junior varsity to varsity just in time for the plane crash. She's a little younger than the other girls. This explains why she's still studying for SATs while most of the other girls already had college plans for the next year. Thank you. Actually... Almost okay. a dozen people emailed with this correction, and I had this the last feedback. I just skipped over it for some reason. Uh, oh. Jessica was the first. But this, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Uh, yep. I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't didn't rewatch the beginning of the season uh, for my – I just watched the, like the last three episodes. So that wasn't fresh in my mind, and I completely forgotten about it. But uh, damn, how unlucky must you feel that you weren't even on this flight until Ty the right. Ty Ty fucking takes out some girl's leg and now you're and now you're in this shit. Like I'm seeing the coach flashbacks. I want to see the Aquila flashbacks to tell me what she's thinking about the choices <laughs> that she's made to bring her here. Yeah. Now that'd be kind of interesting because she's alluded to the fact that like she's had to help raise a child and her like I wonder if there was kind of like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here and get on my own. Mm-hmm. Now it's like she's getting some monkey's paw version of that fantasy, but yeah, it also makes sense. Cause like, as I remember, like she's the only one about the SATs, but yeah, if everyone else is seniors and you either got your college plans or you don't, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Jonathan in the United Kingdom says, I was listening to the feedback show for uh, 205 and you're wondering about Sammy's whereabouts. When Ty was losing it towards the end of season one, she told Simone to take Sammy and go stay with her mother. Assuming that now, with her daughter lying in a hospital bed and Ty being mysteriously MIA, the taking care of Sammy and Steve the dog has fallen to her, Simone's mom. Uh, okay. This makes a lot of sense. Yep. That would make I sense. Didn't, I, I didn't think that Sammy was wandering the streets. I was thinking more of like, you know, where you know, some kind of temporary fault. But like, yeah, he's got he's got a grandma to stay with. So. Mm-hmm. You guys also asked about Kevin Tan, and yes, we have seen him in the 1996 flashbacks a few times in episode uh, 101, the pilot, the premiere, and the 104, the Nat episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. I appreciate that. Appreciate the because again, I did uh, early season one is a little bit fuzzy for me because uh, I didn't rewatch that. Paul Z. It just dawned on me that when Kristen slash Crystal died was the same spot that no eyed person was leading Ty to fall off the edge before Van stopped her. Oh, could that be some kind of sacrificial spot for the evil in the woods? Yeah, the evil's toilet. Well, I just I do wonder if there is some kind of like there's two things I wonder. Number one is the wilderness pissed that they're using at sacred sacrifice spot as a shitter. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was one of the common theory crafting and like the old Game of Thrones, you know, back in the day where that was a cultural phenomenon that like, you know, why were the White Walkers coming now? Was it like because the, the first men were supposed to sacrifice a bunch of babies to him and only Craster sending his 
you know, chromosomally deficient inbred children at this point, and that's why they're marching. Is that we like is is the evil is <laughs> the evil just get pissed off because they're using it that sacred grounds as a as a shitter? I don't know. I mean, I would. I would. I would. I'm just there chilling as an evil spirit in my sacrifice gully, and some bunch of girls start dumping their shit bucket on me. I'm going to do some haunting. I'm going to get some poltergeist type shit. I'm going to possess. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thought I had is if this is true and this is some kind of like this, the wilderness needed a sacrifice in this spot. It got one in spades. Mm-hmm. Like they threw a whole ass living person down that thing last episode and then pumped blood into it when she did the CPR thing. So like, how much of the storm and Shauna's uh, baby dying, if you want to believe in the supernatural, uh, how much is that tied into this blood sacrifice? Yeah, all good questions. I don't think we have any way to get solid answers on that yet. No, I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing mm-hmm. it out there. It's a, it's a theory that doesn't have a lot going for it, but uh, it's something that we can start uh, building a case for or against. David says, I keep hearing people talk about snow melting around the base of the tree as signs that Javi was sitting against the tree. Uh, you can name names. It's Aaron was one of those guys saying it. Uh, <laughs> that idea is ridiculous. It's way too cold out there. The snow will freeze your butt. Your butt doesn't melt the snow in that environment. I think that checks out. What if you just I think got a gra- really hot ass? I think the ground is going to leach a hell of a lot more energy out of you then you're gonna get out of it it, especially with the phase change of ice in the water these are soccer players man their buns have got to be javi's not a soccer player he's the little brother of a a of an equipment manager (laughs) it's a little brother of a water boy essentially yeah yeah i don't know know. javi's got a hot ass you're saying yeah i'm not gonna judge his ass maybe it is hot David thinks that Lottie's hallucination climbing down through the hatch into a lively mall indicates there's a powerful life-giving force underground. Javi discovered that power and has been keeping him alive, which is supported by his drawing of the tree roots. That's plausible. Yeah, I mean, something supernatural had to happen with Javi, right? I, I know you don't want to go to the supernatural, but Javi was out there for months. Like, unless he's hibernating with bears, I don't think you can really survive that. I don't think he's in the crawl space underneath the cabin. Okay, look. Um, yes, it seems hard to believe that this kid could survive out there. And uh, I did say that, like, maybe someone's butt, like, their body heat melted to snow. That that was pretty dumb. But I also <laughs> said that, like, maybe that tree happens to be over. Or maybe these trees that Ty is drawing the drawings over happen to be over some kind of, like, geothermal vent. That like mm-hmm. very locally makes this thing, you know, like the shit you see in Yellowstone, you know, like these 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 hot pools and whatnot, like that there's some kind of or if you believe in like some kind of vast tunnel complex, maybe there's some kind of steam tunnel and these the where where ties marking these trees are where like these spots are close to the ground. And I just I guess I need to know how long he's out there, because if this kid's chilling in a steam spot. He can go, he's got plenty of water around him, and you can go three, four weeks without food. Now, he doesn't look as emaciated as I I would think if he's, and I I just don't know how long he's out there, from doom coming till some indeterminate part of the winter. They said it's been at least two months. Um, Mm, Yeah, that's telling me that there's no, he had to be having something to eat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I just, I guess there's the thing, David. I'm just really resisting anything that says QED is supernatural. Like, you know, him surviving and drawing roots is like, you know, like Lottie thinks that she's doing a lot of shit as the antler queen. But yet you could also put your rational hat on and be like, well, these are just all coincidences and happenstance, you know? So, like, I just, Mm -hmm. you might be right. I just, I don't think this show has put its thumb all the way on that scale yet. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Javi needs to say something before I'm ready to, you know, (laughs) start assigning tree gods and stuff to his survival. It's so annoying. That's so annoying. I hate when shows do that. Yeah. We'll see. Because he also, there's perfectly, you know, the other theory is he's using a thermal vent to keep warm and he's sneaking in in the middle of the night and stealing bear meat. Because mm. I don't know the buttons or nibbins or nubbles or nibbles or what 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 is the what is Akila's mouse nugget nugget I don't yeah. think nuggets eating as much so much bear meat that people are noticing. Uh, Ashton from Houston says I dislike the baby stuff in this episode. I knew there's a chance the baby wouldn't make it, but I thought the writers wouldn't do that because it doesn't make the story more interesting and it will just sadden fans for no good reason. Uh, you might not be familiar with the type of fan that's rooting for babies to be eaten or to be or to eat because uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are some fans saddened when that didn't happen. Apparently, there are some sick, sick people out there. Yeah, sick individuals watching for <laughs> crazy reasons. Uh, Shauna's dream went so heavily into realistic challenges and fears that parents and newborns go through. Uh, the difficult slash breached uh, baby labor, the latching difficulties, not producing enough milk. I thought it was uncool to pull on the heartstrings just to make it a dream. But okay, whatever. Here's a bigger problem. I think it's odd that Shauna is having such detailed dreams about latching difficulties, not producing enough milk, and all this realistic stuff that you kind of only experience as a parent. But okay, I can assume she watched a video about it or has heard stories from her mom. Throwing in the bonus cannibal baby dream was stupid. Like, let's give the audience really bad news before we give similar bad news. It's a weird way to try to pull a fast one on an audience. Ultimately, I think it's unnecessary to have Shauna's pregnancy at all. I kind of hope the show takes a lot of shit for this. I expected her to deliver the baby, and then we have to wait for a few seasons to figure out if the baby got rescued, died, adopted, etc. Or the baby would be stillborn. I didn't think they'd do this twisty, turny one-off with Shauna's baby. Jim is Ashton got some validity for being this upset about it i mean uh, yeah you, I, your feelings I are valid so. i uh, <laughs> sure i don't do want to tell you valid. do we agree uh, I, I personally agree i i think I, I agreed until i examined it from the perspective of the dynamic of the group um and then i thought well okay this adds an interesting wrinkle from the is Lottie a, a supernatural channeler i guess uh from that angle I, I think that is interesting i don't know if it warranted like a whole huge plot line about a baby but it it's something that's naturally dramatic and i think they kind of nailed that like the drama of somebody being pregnant out in this wilderness situation with a bunch of people who are ill-equipped to deal with it um naturally adds drama I think that part was good. I think maybe where they messed it up is this. Uh, they they didn't totally mess it up. I I will say it's not hugely necessary to show her having all these weird, you know, imaginated, imagined stories about the baby not feeding and stuff. But it's stuff that she would kind of naturally be thinking about. Like if she can't feed herself and she can't feed the group, because the bear meat's running low, then maybe she'd be worried about not being able to feed her baby. Um, 
Yeah, I thought that was a weird criticism that like this 17, 18 year old girl who is pregnant and she's sitting in the middle of this terrible situation where all she's got is time to think about it. Like, I mean, I know I, I know that, like, especially in previous generations, it was common for women to be ignorant about their own bodies. And I, I think there's still some like, you know, uh shocking ignorance about one's own bodies about you know with both sexes uh, down to this day we do we don't do enough in sex education is what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. like i don't know that that's shauna i mean like there was a pretty comprehensive sex education available to 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 my generation in a pretty rural town uh now parents could opt out of it but like it was it was there on offer and I, i don't know i feel like what what you just said that like she's starving she knows at some level she's gonna have to feed this baby. Why wouldn't that be part of the nightmare? You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe the latching thing would be something that. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, she's she 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 paid more attention in health class than she was letting on. Maybe. Right, um, the, the, kind of the place I agree is they didn't do anything super interesting as it relates to Shauna with this because like yeah. it feels like this whole baby thing has been in service of raising yet another question about whether or not Lottie is a spiritual leader. And we've done that many times before and we'll probably do it many times again. It feels like, I I don't know, having the baby die at birth really feels just like the biggest cop out with that storyline. It feels like the most realistic thing though, which I appreciate. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, but I, I wanted to see something more. I wanted to see like them have to make decisions about this. Like, oh, fuck, now we have this baby. How do we adjust to that? Um, to Ashton's broader point, I've, I've thought about this a lot, you know, because because we mentioned in the main podcast that in the last six months, there's been a lot of birthing trauma in prestige television, you know, HBO and Showtime. Uh, just between those two, you've, you've had House of the Dragon, had many, many terrible, difficult births. You had The Last of Us, which had a memorably bad uh, birthing sequence, and now you've got this. I wonder if they need to expand the like content warnings because I imagine it would it would suck to be on either end of a young couple that had just lost you know a child under traumatic circumstances or had a miscarriage, and you know you're you're watching your favorite show and it's like that thrown right in your face, like. Like birthing trauma, child death, parent death. I'm not saying like it needs to get like like you know and like the way people carry on about dogs dying, dog death or cat death. Like maybe we need more than just like adult language, violence, you know, uh, sex. Like maybe we need a little bit more because like I, I definitely think that there are people who are getting uh you know, re-traumatize and upset for, for no good reason and completely being blindsided, you know? You could even do, like, I don't know, maybe, like, battle battle trauma for, like, soldiers with PTSD, too. It doesn't have to be just domestic stuff. I wonder if that there would be, if, if we're ready for a little bit more granularity to the content warnings. Yeah, I mean, there'd probably have to be some figuring out of how to present that, but yeah potentially yeah. yeah I don't know it's just a thought because like I definitely in the feedback section I've seen a lot of people and there's some people that like uh, I really appreciate that and, and that, that people are seeing it and talking about it and you know uh, and there's some people that's like oh my god that's way too close way too close to the source how dare they and 
that 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 really suck. Pass the shrooms. We'll be right back. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R. R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Rick, how you doing, buddy? You, you don't know what it's like out there. Hey, man, do you even know what it's like out there? No, not really been mostly kind of flying around in helicopters, carving likenesses of Michonne into cell phones, that kind of thing. What is it like out there? Oh, well, I think it's time to find out, man. Last I saw your wife, Michonne, was out uh, following a giant wagon train. That, that sounds pretty weird, but it seems like a family-friendly outfit. I mean, she's got RJ and Judah with her, right? Um, actually, she kind of left them to be raised by Negan and Daryl. Well, crap. Hold on, let me get my boots. All right, well, Rick is getting ready. Aaron and I are too. We're preparing to once again recommission the Watching Dead out of mothball status to find out what's going on with Rick and Michonne, the ones who live. The six-part miniseries premieres Sunday, February 25th on AMC, and we'll be ready with our full episodic coverage each Tuesday. And afterwards, who knows? Maybe we'll check out Dead City. Find our coverage for The Ones Who Live by searching for The Watching Dead or Bald Move Pulp wherever you listen to podcasts. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with Yellow Jackets. Uh, moving on to Megan. She says, I'm curious how the show is going to dive into the next 10-ish months. In Quee, uh... Natalie says we did so much fucked up shit out there, but I feel like we haven't really seen that fucked up shit yet. Yeah, the Jackie feast was disturbing in a way that would probably traumatize anyone for a lifetime. But the way it happened is more or less reasonable in survival situations. Jackie was already dead and there was her corpse cooked to perfection, as Jim said. So it seems less like something unforgivable, which Natty Natalie's alluding to in this speech. I think even think the manner in which Jackie died would be seen as forgivable because they were teenagers who got into a fight when tensions were high, not realizing how dangerous the situation that Jackie they put Jackie in really was. How long can a show sustain this tantalizing narrative of fucked up shit before showing us more than the pilot did? And then will the tone of the show suffer if they show us too much? I thought this was a wild email, Jim. What did you what do you think? Uh, Hmm. Like, eating Jackie's well-done corpse was pretty fucked up. Yeah, I, I mean, there are things you can do for survival that are still pretty fucked up. Right? Like, you get back to civilization and you say, you know what? I was pretty fucked up. <laughs> like, you ate our friend's face. Right. Uh, Whether you had to or not, that's still going to be something you probably ought to work through with a therapist later. Yeah. Yeah. 
you get that post full belly clarity and you're like, oh man. <laughs> uh huh. Oh Jesus. What did I do? Uh and I was trying to think like, okay, what else have they shown us that's like super fucked up? I'm I'm starting to wonder like Van's face getting ripped off. Uh the well, they didn't the, do that. They the the birds crashing into the cabin. Uh I mean, like really specifically things they did. I look at that very first scene Jackie. of them in the wilderness with them chasing this girl into a pit. I are we That's sure what they're going to get to? Well, are we sure we saw what we think we saw there? Because no. I'm starting to like recontextualize this. Are they chasing this girl into this pit intentionally, or are they trying to like run after a girl who's having like a psychotic break to to help her or something? I, and she just falls into the the animal trap that they had set up. Yeah, or like I mentioned in the podcast, or is, is this another heightened reality thing? Like you're supposed to under like when we see it, it in context, they're yeah. not actually running through the woods hunting someone. It's just you know like they weren't actually wearing togas and having a bacchanal, bacchanal. Right, uh, and all for, these scenes of them cooking up their friends and stuff might just be that. Yeah, they're but, definitely pushing the unreliable narrator possibilities right now. For sure. And I guess we'll see. Um, I don't think they're going to drop that thread. Like they have been drip feeding that so much throughout the show. And oh. I don't feel like we are even a third of the way through the wilderness stuff yet. Yeah. So I expect we're going to see a lot more fucked up stuff there. Well, and I think I wonder if because like, I, 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 I sympathize the position the showrunners are in because you've got this phenomenon that like, you know, uh, Anytime you got a will they won't they show where you got uh, romantic leads and it's like they got tension and sexual tension, but they kind of hate each other. And, you know, it's just like the the everyone in the audience wants them to get together. Right. Mm -hmm. But like it's often been said that, like, once you resolve that tension and, you know, you got Sybil Shepard and uh, Bruce Willis get together in Moonlighting or Ted Danson and Shelley Long get together and cheer like the audience interest in the show plummets because that was the central tension driving the show. I feel like will they won't they turn into psycho cannibals is this show's version of that. And like they the show knows like, OK, we set the bar pretty fucking high in that pilot episode. If we get to like skins and antlers and driving girls in the pits, people are going to like lose the fat. Like we have to like have a slow ramp mm -hmm. of insanity, both in the flashback timeline and the current timeline to like really build that tension and really build that tension. But like things in terms of fucked up, like Shauna and friends dismembered a corpse and murdered somebody. Um, you know, like Shauna's bringing her teenage girl into some kind of like cop pimp scenario. Uh, Shauna stole her minivan back from a bunch of chop stop shop gangsters. Uh, they ate Jackie. Uh, Shauna played dress up ghoulish makeup with Jackie. Like mm -hmm. there, there's there some someone is shitting in the piss bucket. There's a lot of mm -hmm. fucked up shit happening in this here mm -hmm. cabin, and like. They're, they're, they they can't go all the way to like full on antler queen until they're getting like that's that's got to be late third act stuff. Yeah, totally. So if it's frustrating now, I would predict a lot more frustration because they just can't give us the like there's there's this 
in the puzzle box show when it's done well there's this like push pull between you know like giving satisfied answers and closing some things but also opening up the door for bigger questions and the, the that usually goes on until they're ready to answer all the questions or the show collapses under its own weight uh yeah everything so yeah. we've seen so far is the tease right it's the tease it's the tease although like i said i the thought appetizer. season one had pretty good resolutions to most of the active questions um and then you just got to wait for the rest but yeah we'll see i i think that i think they've done a pretty good job of balancing how fucked up things have been so far like every week i'm like god damn that's something like the this week was the cannibal baby because i almost thought there was a brief moment where in fact until like the fade to black like i'm like oh shit they actually did the direct to the crockpot theory like straight up that's insane uh and it's in the show's envelope to do that. So I don't know. That's how I feel. John G says, now that we've seen what happens with Shauna's baby, do people in the cabin begin to doubt Lottie as a shaman or religious figure? She's been building up her power over the coming baby, talking about it, that it would change everything. This new life is coming. By the day of the birth, it looks like almost everyone is in the Lottie cult to some degree. Even Ty joins in at the chanting. They did their offerings and chantings that the baby did not live. Will this shake their faith? What if it does, but then something else happens that brings it roaring back at even stronger, right as everything is falling apart more than ever? I think the baby was an icon of hope for the group. I think they're about to enter a very dark period, and I think this is when they really start to veer off into what's becoming, will become hunting each other and the birth of a fully flowered antler queen and her religion. Some interviews have suggested the last three episodes of season two get really wild. So you hear that, Megan? Three episodes at the end is going to blow your fucking mind. Um, any thoughts so far about because I think this is largely a good description of where we're at. You know, mm-hmm. is this going to shake Lottie's faith or because, you know, there's another this is another life lost in the wilderness. It could be another thing that like supercharges an even bigger blood ritual. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Definitely. There is going to be a push and pull, and I think this is the. There's going to be a waxing and waning of Lottie's uh, status, right? Yeah. And by the end, it's going to totally wane. It's no one is like, yeah, hey, maybe we should continue to follow Lottie, and she's going to be our spiritual guide when we get back from the wilderness. But how does that stop? Like, if they're all like up right. on the Lottie, how does the 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 arrival of people from outside? just turn how do they turn on a dime and go back to being regular girls maybe they don't maybe they turn on turn on it before and when they find them because like we don't know what the status is when they're found we only know bits in between so maybe they go full cannibal queen antler queen shit and then they come back from that and by the time they find them they've they're no longer practicing that stuff because they've lost faith in lottie or something we it is really a know. big it's kind of yeah it's that's one of the tensions of the show is like we just don't know so much mm-hmm. about the inter intervening years between the disaster and and the present day like how many you know cert, certainly some people seem to have a rough ride up at Lottie was institutionalized for a long period of time Nat was in you know in and out of rehab and drugs and all that like but nobody thinks um, well of Lottie right by the end of this and I don't know it if it's like no one has anything to do with queen. her yeah right yeah. or if they or something no else one, happens. I, but yeah. no one has had anything to do with anyone. It's not like any of these girls were best friends. Right? True. Yeah, I think so they're all right kind of like, that. fuck these bitches. Got to get away from them. 
Yeah, so we'll see. But you're you're right about one thing. It will definitely be like a push pull on Lottie, and I think they're well, setting her up for the the fall, however temporary it is. Is there any? Because here's another dark possibility. What if Lottie spin this around to be like, uh, look, Shauna, if you hadn't been so resistant to the wilderness spirit entering you, maybe you would have had a better outcome. Like we did what we could That's at the very end. It wasn't enough. Do, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's there'd be a lot of like there'd be a lot of people buying that line, it seems like. Or she could say this is the, the food delivery. You know, this is me winning the contest between Nat and I. Uh, yeah. I delivered the food. <laughs> Literally, I delivered. Yeah, it. that's true. Oh, because we we haven't <laughs> we haven't actually seen what they do with the child. That's right. There's a corpse. There's a baby corpse, and it's got meat on its bones. It's gonna let it go to waste. For now, what if they bury it over a geothermal vent, and it's just a perfect? It turns out it's a perfect <laughs> crockpot. Sure, it's soothing. That like, they- that's how I survived. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause the, cause the, the time traveling crockpot baby mm-hmm. went back three months into the, just material. It's, it's just like, ah, <sighs> I don't know. Uh, so what I'm thinking might happen getting back to a John here. Uh, one thing that might happen is Lottie loses people, loses faith in herself and starts not to be the spiritual leader. But then we learn that Nat is pregnant. Her followers start to reconnect with everything she mm. said now. Uh, before now connects with this new baby. Remember when Travis and Nat finally hooked up, she kept seeing Lottie there, not Nat as Lottie, but Lottie in the room. Uh, she seems like a maternal figure, like she was there to bless this union. Then I think back to what Lottie said to Jackie on the mushroom night when Jackie fucked Travis. You took something that doesn't belong to you. Jackie laughs it off, saying something about how the four spirits don't care that Nat called dibs on Travis, but then Lottie says it's not about her. What if it was about Travis specifically? We know that he was a virgin before that night with Jackie. Jackie could have been pregnant, and that's what Lottie was saying she was taking, this future baby that's supposed to be Nat and Travis's baby. Of course, then Jackie is eaten, so pregnant or not, problem solved. A human turducken. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is some crazy. This is some this is some wild shit. See, Megan, you don't think this is insane? A human turducken? Uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, Google it. Google it. Her duck in. Anyway, of course, then Jackie's eating, so pregnant or not problem solved. But because of Shauna's date, uh, baby dies, they become obsessive about protecting Nat's baby. And not just in the sense of having boiled water to clean towels or any other way to try to keep things somewhat clean and sterile, but protecting in the sense of more and more deer magic rituals protecting the baby. This is how the cult of Lottie, the antler queen, and all that stuff goes to the next level. First, Nat needs to eat, so we're eating crystal, no question. After that, we're going to need to hunt people. Who should we hunt? The non-believers, obviously. I think if you add this to, like, you are, if we, like, like what if Lottie's not down at all? What if, or if Lottie might start off as down, but her followers are like, you know, Shauna, if you hadn't thrown such a fit about the symbol on the blanket and Lottie trying to give you the tea and all that shit, things, I, I could see, but, but Nat? It, 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 I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe that that would have stuff like that would happen and it hasn't come out in anyone's discussions yet. I'm still stuck on the human traduction. I'm sorry. I can't actually <laughs> listen to anything you're saying right now. The human I'm still traduction. thinking about it. Uh, 
I don't know because the other thing is like if, if, of the non there's a lot of what I would consider non believers that have survived. Like Nat and Shauna seem to be like the two like holdouts. Ty was, but it sounds like she's completely gone over. Um, mm-hmm. who are who are who are the non believers at this point? Uh, so, it's Nat and Shauna, as best I can right, tell. They, we know they don't get hunted. Right. Right. Yeah. Or maybe they do. I mean, the dynamics they just are going to shift. I, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, just like the dynamics have shifted currently toward Lottie, I think if bad things start happening to the group, continue to happen to this group, I guess. Uh, there's only so much Lottie can spin it. And if she's, you know, not everything that the group thinks she is, they're probably going to turn on her. And some of them will not believe. There, There's a lot of uh, group members that we haven't really met yet. Like, I keep seeing this girl in the background with this pink hat. I... I don't know who she is, but like there are plenty yeah, of people still around who either we don't know very well or at all yet, or could potentially turn on Lottie, even if they are currently believing in her. Um, right? Like, I don't think the dynamics are just setting up to be completely behind Lottie. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Tony. Says, I want to share a theory about Van and medication she's taking. I think she's sick. The pills had V Palmer. She told Tice uh, that meant the V stood for Vicky, but her name is Van. So why wouldn't it stand for that? Also, she doesn't care if her bills are getting paid. So maybe she knows she's going to die and she just doesn't care anymore. Anyway, that's my guess about Van. Thank you. Hmm, uh, that's possible. That's actually a pretty neat possibility. I mean, the Vicky Van, that was, she was trying to pass it off as her mother to either did not worry Ty either way, either that she's a drug addict or mm-hmm. that there's something, you know, wrong with her. Um, it, that, I will say that her digging the pill out and from the trash and taking it didn't feel like a cancer patient. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt more like, uh, you know, it felt more like drug seeking behavior, but I don't know. Maybe she was just really hurting to, but the bone cancer is really getting to her or whatever. Yeah. No, it's a possibility I hadn't considered. Yeah. And that would also make her laissez-faire attitude about the bills, because like I got, I'm yeah, yeah. It turns out I got like stage, you know, I'm fucked cancer, and I only have six months to live, so I'm just going to put it all into the VHS store and make some people happy, and then peace out. It's someone else's problem. Yeah, and maybe there's some some prophetic stuff we haven't seen yet that they're going to kind of introduce next episode. Because I I keep looking at. Um... Van's reaction to seeing Lottie at the end of the last episode. And it seems so unlike a reaction you would have if it didn't mean something big to you. Does Van seeing Lottie at this point in time make her realize that something Lottie had said to her previously was coming true? Like, is there is there something around like... And, like and, some kind of completed prophecy? Exactly. Like like Lottie said, you know, you'll you'll have some kind of sickness and you know, at some point in the future I you you will come to me and I will heal you or something like I'll that. Wear a, you know? I'll be wearing a banging blue flowy dress and it's just uh-huh. gonna knock you on your ass. I mean there it, it does feel like like, you know, when you hear about the Saul on the road to Damascus, like uh, Jesus appeared before him and the scales fell from us like like it does it that mm-hmm. it looked like she was thunderstruck. Yeah, not like, oh, I'm seeing a friend I haven't seen in a long time. Right. Like, I'm having a religious experience. Totally. I I expect we'll get more information on that next episode. 
Uh, Molly from Portland has some information about Jeff's blackmail status. Because on this week's podcast, you mentioned Taisa was short with Jeff because she knows that she tried to blackmail her. Actually, the only ones that know about Jeff uh, as being the blackmailer are Shauna, Callie, and Randy. As far as Misty, Nat, and Taisa, they think the blackmailer was still Adam. Jeff confessed to Shauna after she came back from killing Adam. Then Jeff and Shauna decided it was best to stick to the story that Shauna killed Adam because she thought he was the blackmailer. She then calls Nat and Taisa to tell them. Nat brings uh, Misty to cover the whole thing up, but they, Nat, Ty, and Misty never found out the truth about the blackmailing. Right. Interesting. I did not remember that. So that rules out that theory. Hmm. Okay. Um, Maybe it wasn't so much short. It's just awkward. It's like when I call my dad and my dad's girlfriend picks up, I'm like, ah, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't calling you. I'm just let it go to voicemail. You crazy people. What the hell? Uh, or they just like, don't like just him because, because he was sleeping. He cheated yeah, on Jackie and like, cause he's th- a fuck boy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just don't like him. Yeah. It's nothing about nothing. He did. We just don't like you, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, they're still married. So we can't talk, but yeah, yeah. We don't like Jeff. Jeff kind of a sleazy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we well, appreciate that, uh, Melanie. And I think that's going to b- bring our feedback to a close for this week. If you would like to send in more information, more, more, uh, stuff we missed, uh, more theories, uh, uh, more concerns, more things you like about the show, send it to yellowjackets at baldmove.com and we will consider it for a future episode. Uh, that's going to be doing it for us until the new episode comes out this weekend and we revisit it, uh, on Monday. Until then, again, one last time, yellowjackets at baldmove.com. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. We'll see you Monday. Bye.